Blog Talk Radio. And welcome into the show. This is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio. Welcome into, I'm going to say, a very interesting conversation regarding marriage, monogamy, um, spirituality, um, you know, biology even. <laughs> but welcome into the show. Before we bring on our special guest, our, fe- our featured guest, um, I just want to say shout out to all of our live listeners as well as to those who will be playing back this broadcast. We definitely appreciate you for your continued support for our show, and we thank you guys so much. You know, we always say that we have been out here for such a long time, been a part of a fantastic, um, huge network. We're a little network inside of a bigger network, but uh, BTR has definitely given um, have has been our home for a number of years, and we're um, always um, excited to always host a show or, you know, do something um, uh, to bring some positivity, some change or something, um, and just to uh, be a positive image for this whole, for for the bigger picture, if you want to say that. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for your continued support. We have a lot of supporters, and um, many of you do continue to listen in to a lot of the past episodes. You share them with your friends and family, um, and we love you guys so much for doing that, Continue, continuing to pushing the word out, getting the word out about us and what we're doing and how we're doing it. So thank you guys so much. 
um, of course, we always say, um, you know, we want you guys to take your reading seriously because we love reading, we love books, we love sharing, sharing the fact that we do love to read, sharing the fact that others love to read as well. Um, This is why we started doing what we are continuing to do. And uh, we just encourage you guys to get it in as much as you can and motivate others to do the same. Remember, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out novel of sorts, but just a little something each day to help build up those communication skills. Because, ladies and gentlemen, communication is the key to all that we do, whether it's, you know, writing your first book, (laughs) doing your homework as you're continuing your education or helping your kids with their homework, um, having conversations with the different people from all walks of life, uh, you know, to just uh, wanting just to um, communicate better um, in general. Reading helps us to do all of that, and we we just encourage you guys to just do more of it and motivate others, motivate your kids, motivate people in your workplace, um, and, you know, and motivate others as you're on social media, because we're always on social media, but motivate others um, as you're tweeting, Facebooking, and all those other social media things that you guys do. Definitely continue to do that, because it's very important. Now, Today's show is all about author, pastor, (laughs) John Klein, and his book, The Monogamy Mystery, Natural or Unnatural. And I can't wait to have him on because, you know, that's the thing about relationships. Um, A lot of us dive into those relationships. We just don't know. A lot of us are blind when we get into those relationships. We just don't know. And, of course, many of you have have heard us talk about relationships on Life Isn't a Dress Rehearsal, um, about, you know, being more aware, being self-aware, you know, more aware of your emotions, of who you are and your soul and things like that, connecting. Um, but, um, you know, reading this book, I've learned a whole lot. <laughs> Um, you know, it is a thought-provoking, um, genuine book um, that definitely addresses the issue of monogamy, um, you know, uh, relationship um, questions. You know, it does uh, bring about studies and, uh, you know, uh, just whether it's um, sociological, biological, spiritual from a different perspective, and, um, you know, I'll have to let our guest tell you all about it. So let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, author, Pastor John Klein. Hello, Mr. Klein, how are you? I am doing well. It's a pleasure to be with you on this radio program. Uh, You are the literary diva, and (laughs) I... I am kind of a joy and a pleasure to be and share with your audience today. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we're glad to have you on because, you know, oftentimes, you know, and before we get into your book, I just want to say that oftentimes we as individuals do have questions about, 
relationships in general, monogamy, whether, you know, it's something um, that can be done or something that can't be done. And I'm so glad to have you on because you can definitely tell us or, you know, kind of bring about another perspective on how we can answer those. But before we do that, give us a little bit of a background about you and how you've come to write this book. Well, I I went into the ministry um I'm, well, first of all, I'm from the British Virgin Islands, so I live in probably the most beautiful part of the world, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, sun, sand, and sea, and it's really wow. <laughs> And here's where I grew up until I moved to the United States um, about 1979, and there I spent about 12 years and returned to the BVI. Um, while in the United States, I was felt the call into the ministry, so I went into the ministry and uh, started pastoring some time thereafter. And uh, my journey of pastoring, um, being married, have two sons, has, I think, afforded me an opportunity to look over the whole landscape of relationships and what they entail, uh, coupled with those that I pastor and my own experiences, and and brought me to a point where I began to ask myself some questions. And I know if I had the questions, then other people uh, must have also been asking themselves questions. So it's out of that was an outgrowth of the thoughts that I was thinking, the questions that I've been asking myself and began to ask others uh, that this book was born. Wow. What questions did you ask yourself? I'm just curious, from from a gentleman's perspective, um, you know, what was it that you were asking yourself personally? Well, of course, you when you grow up, you were never really instructed so much so that you should have one partner. You were encouraged to date and, you know, see who's out there and so on and so forth. And then one day now you have to settle down. I remember going into ministry and one lady said to me, "Um, now you have to make a decision um, for one of these young ladies that surround you. And so that's what I proceeded to do, having wanting to do the right thing, and got married. And after doing that, it still did not take away the desire for uh, wanting to be with someone else or the attraction of wanting to be with someone else. And um, I had to begin to ask myself the question. First of all, I questioned my Christianity. Um, Am I really saved? And then second of all, I had to question my loyalty and devotion and just being driven, but it seems to me that it was a mute subject within the church and the congregation, or it was treated as just a joke. Um, You would laugh about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, people would sit and laugh about it, but no one would be transparent and honest enough to say, well, what is it we're dealing with? So, um, 
you know, doing my own reading and having these proclivities, uh, you know, you want to be honest with yourself at some point. And so those are the kind of questions I begin to ask myself. Is this really, what am I fighting? Is this natural for me? Or am I fighting something else? Am I fighting biology? Am I fighting my own nature? Um, what is it that that keeps stirring in me, even though I want to be good, as Paul said, I find this wrong present with me? Wow. That is so, you know, that is, I have to say, that's, that's, that's a very honest, only because, you know, a lot of us women um, don't hear about men um, or even women, you know, truly asking themselves, you know, what is this? You know, is this for me? Is, you know, um, can I really do this? You know, can I really stay married? Um, you know, I feel like... Um, given my own experiences with just people in general and stories that I have heard throughout time and years and things like that, um, it just seems like, um, you know, uh, a lot of folks may may not have been honest with themselves. And my question to you is, why do you think that is? Do you think that they're running from something? Do you think that, you know, there's a disconnect inside of them? I think there's a disconnect from what's happening inside of them to what's expected in the community and mm. so, in, in our social uh, settings and our religious and settings in our churches there's a disconnect of the struggle one feels inside and what they think is expected of them because what is expected of you is what you're judged by. So if I dare say what my struggle is, then I'm judged as either loose or uh, some name, you know, you're just wild, you're just a dog, you're something mm-hmm. other than what you know you're not. But so in order to not be judged or be classified or labeled as such, I try to go along the lines that are expected by society, by the church. And, you know, it's, it's what's expected. So even though I find it hard to accomplish within my mindset, I have to do it for mm. the sake my image. Yes. So I, I think that's what what happens uh, to us because in in pastoring, if you move on from my own personal experience, then I still have to look over a landscape of people who are themselves struggling, who who have seen both men and women, um, you know, confessing to me as their pastor. Um, Pastor, I did this. Pastor, this has happened. Or I have to see people in my own family or people in the community, and I see these relationships falling apart. Um, You know, married relationships, those who aren't married or in serious relationships, they are falling apart, and most of them fall apart around a 
an affair or someone cheating or infidelity. Yeah. And my question comes, um, if you leave this relationship and you go to another, what is the chances of it not happening again? Mm. And the chances are low, then where do you go? What do you do? And what I try to do in the book is try to pro- provide an understanding of what we're dealing with when we say monogamy. What are we what dealing are- with? We expect everyone to live up to this high ideal when we live in a society that does very little to support it. Absolutely. Um, it's almost like, you know, what you're saying is what, you know, is what uh, is what we expect, but what we see out here in society is something completely different because what we see are just individuals just running around, and it's not everybody, but we hear about it so much on television, yeah. magazines, newspapers, yeah. and everything. But people don't really address um, monogamy. They just don't really address it. And I've always wondered, why not? Why don't they truly address that? Why is it um, that the extramarital affair is always addressed? You know, why is that always being talked about? Um, Why is it that we can't have a conversation about, you know, Monogamy, and that's always been. I've always been curious about that because we see so much on the drama of just why a marriage has come to an end or not. But my question to you is: What's the number one reason that you have seen as to why people um, have extramarital affairs? As to why, you know, as to why there is a commitment issue. <laughs> I think lack of I, I, the truth. The truth is, I believe. Um, I don't know if I've seen a number one reason. I just know that it's happening, and yeah. I believe it's happening because it's a lack of understanding of when I say I do. When I say forsaken all others and keep thee only unto myself, or me unto mm. your. Um, what am I really saying, and what what is the internal mechanism, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I need to fulfill what I just said, instead of just saying it? And I think that in because marriage is a lifetime, supposed to be a lifetime commitment, and we do all kinds of different things to prepare for our careers, to prepare for, you know, getting the right education and so on and so forth. We would spend four years in college or eight years in college, depending on the level you want to get to. But when it comes to this lifetime commitment that impacts our lives so tremendously, we spend about six months getting ready for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And we don't really spend a lot of time getting ready for the marriage. And the wedding is only one day, but the marriage is supposed to be a lifetime. So so I think it's really a lack of understanding in what is it I am saying I do and I will to. Wow, that is so, you know, that's an aha moment. 
And the reason why that's an aha moment is because it's it's it just seems like a lot of individuals want that, you know, they want the relationship, they want the companionship, they want the wedding, you know, they want the white ticket fence so so to speak. But they're not really truly educating themselves, just whether it's, you know, reading, counseling, spiritually, mentally, physically, on what it truly means to say I do. That is a true aha moment. Wow. Yeah. The marriage is is what becomes important. So when people find themselves in a marriage and things begin to change and you have so many variables that can now begin to be to manifest themselves within a relationship, and you feel unhappy here, unhappy there, or unfulfilled here for whatever reason, you think that's the reason for you to either find someone that makes you feel happy or go out and talk to someone else. And really and truly, and this is one of the things I said in the book, that marriage was yeah. never designed to make us happy. It, it was never designed to make you happy. Um, that's a fairy tale story. Marriage is yes, purposeful. It is. It's eternal. Uh, it's a commitment um, and a decision between two persons who will say to each other, "We make a great team in this world." Um, the man, I say, manifests the glory, the strength of God, and the woman manifest the, the glory of God and when you put strength and glory together you have an amazing team to be fruitful and to multiply and to replenish the earth and everything that God intended for us to do in the beginning but when we have no understanding of that union within that context and we think it's to make us happy then we become selfish and all we do is seek to fulfill ourselves whether it's here or outside of the marriage I I totally agree with all that you have said. My question is to you is, you know, once once uh two two individuals have that understanding, what is it that they can do to truly keep that and to truly work at that? Because it, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's almost like they lose their way some at times, and they just don't know what to do. So then they go into chaos mode, and things start to get crazy, and then they don't know what to do. So what is it that they can do just to, you know, keep it going, just to keep it fresh, just to, you know, uh, just to continue just to be motivated, just to keep the work in? Yes. You know, as you as you say that, um, I reminded of the song. Um, I, I forgot who sang it. How do we keep the music playing? How do we make it last? How yes. do we keep songs from fading too fast? But to answer <laughs> your question, <laughs> um, I believe there's a number of things. I believe at the foundation of any lasting and viable relationship, there is friendship. And the first thing you need to do is to build a solid friendship. One of the things I never, you cannot improve on is the Bible when they say the, a friend loved it at all times. It didn't say a husband loved it at all times. It didn't say a wife loved it at all times. It didn't say a brother loved it at all times. It said a friend. So the most important thing I want in a partner is a friend, someone I can talk to, someone I respect, someone I trust, someone I accept for who they are, someone 
even if we disagree, we don't have to become disagreeable. Even if we get angry, we don't have to become disrespectful. And then once I have that with that person, then I can be transparent. I can tell them my struggles. I can tell them my hurts. They know my history. They know the hopes that I have in life. And they also know, you know the things that, that are important to my heart. And, and then from the spiritual angle, I pray for you. You pray for me. We pray together for each other. Those kind of things strengthen lasting relationships. But it can't be just expected to go to an altar, say the vows, and believe that those vows somehow have kind of magic wand and wave them over your mind and they will all be okay. That's a fantasy. It is totally a fantasy. And, um, you know, what... <laughs> What I have seen um, in, you know, friends and family and people just like that is that they continue to want the fantasy even after, you know, let's say they've they've had a marriage and it has ended. They continue to just seek that, to just seek, to basically just to seek that fantasy. And it's almost like, you know, they don't... Uh, give themselves a break. They don't really do the work within themselves. And, and, you know, ask those questions just like you asked yourself. You know, a lot of people tend not to be honest with themselves. They want to keep going or keep portraying something that they're not. And my question to you is, once you become an adult um, and you – you feel yourself wanting, you know, that companionship and that one person and that relationship. What can that one individual do to, I guess you can say, kind of pre- prepare themselves for that person that they may truly want to be with for the rest of their lives? Yes. I think um, you alluded to something uh, very important, and that is the word self. How do I feel about myself? I think that the persons who want to jump from one relationship to another, I think they find fulfillment and completion in someone else rather than in themselves. And if I am not happy with myself, then I will seek to be happy in someone else. So then I put my happiness in someone else's hands and so they can drive me crazy or they can make me happy they can abuse me they they, they can do whatever and I still want that so in preparation for a lifetime relationship just, just know and be comfortable with who you are know your capacity there's some people who have the capacity to Love may be a cheetah, and there are mm. some people who don't. Yeah, there are some people who who have the capacity to say, you know, well, I know a man is a man, and but he's my man, and this and that. And there are some people who say, first strike, you're out. You know, mm-hmm. and so you have to know the capacity 
you complete the love. There's some person who can love someone who just want to sit home and don't work. There's some people say, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> you know, yeah. what is it <laughs> that, that you yourself have the capacity to love through the better or the worse? And if you know you can't do it, just don't get a man to get a man. Get a man that you can live with, that you enjoy being with, that have the same ambitions you have, that you have compatibilities on certain levels, and that kind of thing you look for, not just because he talks nice, looks nice, or has money. That's not right. You're absolutely correct. I have another question for you, and I'm sure that <clears throat> there's a lot of um, uh, women that, you know, may say, why would you ask that question? But another question is, you know, there's a lot of talk in the uh, black uh, black community um, regarding foundation and structure, um, meaning that, you know, a lot of the uh, – the black foundation has been broken. Parents aren't really uh, teaching their uh, young kids, meaning girls and boys, <clears throat> you know, how to love themselves, how to, um, you know, be determined, how to strive for better, you know, just those roots. Um, and um, there's a whole lot of that that seems to be going on. Um, which is truly sad, but then you have a lot of families that, you know, that have a strong foundation. Um, my question to you is what can a, you know, a new uh, family do to help their young kids strive for better, meaning strive for better relationships, not just a marriage, but just friendships too, what can they do to just keep it going, keep them motivated, and instill it, especially in our young girls, because it seems like they kind of get the bare brunt of just a lot of different things, our young black girls. Um, what can parents do to just, you know, motivate them just to stay true to who they are and know themselves and be themselves and, and you know, not just fall for for just anything? Yeah. Well, I believe that our emotional state, our soul, and when I say the soul, the soul is comprised of three compartments. It's our thinking, which is our mind, our emotions, our feeling, and our will, which is our decision mechanism. And I think when you help a child to develop those three areas of themselves, because it's mostly where we live from. You would mm-hmm. hope it would be different that we live from our spirits, but we don't, <laughs> and and it's the best place to live from, actually. But if, if, if I teach somebody, if they're going to be angry, how to be angry at the right degree, for the right reason, at the right person, at the right time, you know, I have taught them how to not allow anger to become your enemy, that I can be angry, but as the Bible says, sin not. 
So I don't have to be angry and curse you out. I don't really have to be angry to the point where I start abusing you, um, you know. And it's so with depression. I don't have to listen to someone call me a name and that send me into depression because I have strengthened my emotion and my feeling to the point where I'm in control of it and not what somebody says or does to me. That is not what controls my emotions. I do. And I believe it's something that's, it's, I mean, I learned it when I was 40-something years old, you know, how to really monitor my emotions, that I don't get too stressed, that I don't get too angry, that I don't get even too excited about yeah. something or one, knowing that that person can love you today and walk out of your life tomorrow. And it's yeah. not going to be in pieces if you do. Um, so I think the preparation for a child development in a holistic way, spiritually, in that emotional um, compartment, and of course the physical, is vital to how that child will function in life, especially the relationship life. And and when it comes to, you know, ambition and and so on and so forth, um, uh, God, it's it's so important that, you know, what I I believe, this domino effect is, is what's plaguing us because some of us have had bad childhood and we grew up yeah. and become adult. We had nothing better to pass on but that same bad experience to us. So we, some of us were told, you know, you're no good, you'll never amount to much, you're this, you're that. And we come up and we repeat the same thing to yeah. our children when they do bad instead of affirming them, instead of looking for the best in them, instead of celebrating them, you know. And that domino effect is is plaguing us. And someone needs to call a timeout and say, we can raise our children better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in turn, you know, people grow up and and they bring that into their relationships with their partners, with their husbands, and... You know, it's almost like, well, I wasn't taught any better, so this is all I know. Um, yeah. You know, and and it, you know, it's just like you're saying, it's a domino effect, and you know, it it has to stop somewhere, and it it just seems like it just keeps going and going and going, and I just see this stuff, and I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. I know yeah. that we know better. How is it that so many of us don't do better. And, you know, from what I can see and from what it, you know, from what the energy um, says in, in my um, belief, it's almost there's a disconnect in the parenting because the parents grew up that way. There's a disconnect when the kids grow up that way. But we see we do grow up and we see the other side of how things can be, but it's almost like it doesn't connect with us because we are so disconnected from just, you know, trying to figure out ourselves and love ourselves and and things just like that, that we just don't do better. 
And um, my hope is is that we do uh, find or, you know, uh, possibly motivate more and more individuals that do have families and kids just to instill a strong structure, a stronger foundation so that these kids can just grow up loving themselves first, you know, knowing who they are so that they can know just what they want. And that's just my hope. I hope it happens. And it seems like it is happening. <laughs> but, yeah. but, well, in the, but, in the book, uh, the chapter, yeah. the word young, <laughs> and that's why I put that chapter in there. How yes, do I help the yes. next generation that will go into relationships, that will go into marriage? And so I put that chapter, I think it's the ninth chapter in the book, mm-hmm. that and I call it A Word to the Young. And one of the things that the, the book says is to tell young people sex is not love, For a, especially from a man's standpoint of view. If a young boy who is 21, 22, 25, is is telling you he loves you, most of the times he's telling you he loves you because he wants to sleep with you. Mm-hmm. It's not love not level that he understands that I love you for a lifetime, or I love you for who you are, and I love you for how you think, and I love you for, for all of that, because he doesn't have the capacity to unearth your value at that point, he is physically driven by sight and by feelings. So when he says, I love you, it's, I want you. <laughs> and you can't get your emotions twisted in what he's saying versus how he behaves after he gets you. So a word to the young is saying, sex is not love. Don't, don't get it confused. And, you know, other stuff like that in, in guidance. Don't look for loving all the wrong places. You know, don't look for the flashy. And not because someone, you know, looks like a nerd and the other one, you know, is wearing his pants halfway down and he looks cool. That That's the one you go for because he's popular. Right. <laughs> all of these <laughs> need to provide guidance um, for, for our teenagers and as they grow up because they can you know, be very easily influenced. Oh, absolutely. So all this must be a part of of our teaching um, them because, you know, marriage will determine, I believe, 90 to, you know, probably 80 to 90% of your happiness, of your misery. Um, mm. You can do that by yourself, but yeah. the day you get married, <laughs> it will either make you happy or it can make you very unhappy. And so it's important that you try to get it as right as you can. There's no right person like so for say, but they are they are persons who are compatibility with your ambitions, with your thinking, with your morals, with your values. Um, that kind of thing, that will make a better uh, union than one who just looks good and you don't know anything about them. Right. I have a question for you. In writing this book, did you learn anything new about yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
the truth is <laughs> i've I've learned that you know the truth is all my life I have struggled with monogamy, right because I wasn't taught any differently being a pastor um and I know this I know ninety percent of the pastors in the world will not admit to this but i've I've been so past just covering living undercover. You know, to the point where, you know, I say, I've said to my church, listen, leave it to me. Put me in a, a society where you can have three wives and, and I would be happy, right? So I, I say that to them. But I said, it probably make me happy or fulfill my life's purpose. Right. So I still have to find a purpose in that, that within myself. I said all that to say, one of the things that I realized after learning what monogamy is, that I can do it, and yes. that's what I—that's what I would say. That's what I've learned about myself. Now, with the understanding of what it is, I believe that I can do it. Absolutely, that I can be awesome. faithful to one. And it's and it's yes, it is possible. It 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 just um. You know, hearing you say that, that is wonderful. On the flip side, we have individuals that are totally not emotionally ready for it, but they jump into it anyway without the understanding, you know. And um, there was something that had aired on, I'm not sure what the show was, but they they uh, talked about um, women choosing men that are emotionally unavailable, and yeah. <laughs> and I said, wow, that is so true. When you hear that, and when you uh, hear those two words, and you look at uh, um, an example of a relationship that is that way. Um, you know, you just have to say to yourself, wow, I have to be emotionally emotionally ready myself so that I can, uh, you know, um, try to understand if the other person is, you know, is on the same level that I am. So if we do decide to get married, then we can fight this together. And it's just, yeah. it just seems that we just keep seeing this over and over and over again. But, um, you know, I'm so glad that you wrote this book because it's a teaching tool, honestly. It truly is a teaching tool. And yeah. um, I, I want to ask you, do you have any book signings coming up? Um, any more interviews um, that the listening audience can um, listen in on? Yes. Um, I appreciate, you know, you recognizing that, that it is a teaching tool. Many people say it's very instructive and very informative. And so I hope it's, you know, my hope is not just a book for today, but for generations to come, people will find and glean from this book, even though times may change, there are certain fundamentals and, and basic things in life, I believe, that are consistent and will help us um, develop healthy relationships. In terms of upcoming 
uh, interviews. Uh, on February 12th, I think I will be on the the Word Network with uh, Prophet Brian Khan, and then I will be in LA um, at uh, City of Refuge Bishop Noel Jones Church. Oh, awesome! Point, yes, and then I will be with Jamal Bryant in April. Um, again on the Word Network, and those are the interviews um, that I have that are stateside and have some other stuff in the Caribbean and Jamaica yeah. and so on. So the word is getting around and people interest is being generated about the book and um, I just hope that it gets into a lot of people's hands and it impacts their lives in a positive way. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for just spending part of your time with us and sharing your book and sharing your own experiences because <laughs> that's important yeah. as well. <laughs> sharing your own experiences and just really uh, diving into, you know, um, just the meat of just what we should be doing, what, what we shouldn't be doing and things just like that. And you are invited back any time, I have to say. I really have enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you having me, lady. <laughs> and uh, the literary diva. Thank and you. I really appreciate um, being here. The book is available online at Amazon, of course, Amazon.com. It's in, in paperback or in electronic form, also on Barnes and Nobles. Um, you can find it there also for your listeners who might be interested in going out and picking up a copy. So Absolutely. thank you for having me so much, and I did enjoy our talk. It's one of the things that I enjoy doing about the book. Uh, it's just talking about life and relationships and how we can better improve ourselves and the lives that we touch. I agree, and honestly, I'm really, I, I do believe that people that will listen in, just whether they listen in live here now or, or you know, um, on the after, um, I do hope that they do get something out of it because it truly is important that we do, um, you know, do better than what we are doing, and it's our responsibility as um, individuals out here in this society to just, you know, try to instill change and and just um, inspiration and motivation and just to do better. So I definitely thank you so much for spending your time with us. And um, I wish you all the best on your continued book tour. And um, maybe we'll talk soon. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, everybody. That was the one and only Pastor John I. Klein (laughs) with his fantastic read, The Monogamy Mystery, Natural or Unnatural. Play this show back. Share it with Share it with your family and friends. Share it with someone that is going through it. Share it with someone that is experiencing something right now in their relationship, in their marriage. 
You know, one thing that the pastor said was, you know, oftentimes we just don't, you know, we jump into a marriage with the fantasy, but we don't jump into it with the understanding of what I do truly is. And that's what we have to do. We have to begin to understand. But first thing first, understanding who we are as individuals, understanding if we are emotionally ready or not, then just be grown enough to just back off and say, I'm not ready. And when you are ready, when you've done the work, when you feel like you are ready, then you can have the understanding. Then you can say, I can do it. So with that being said, this is your girl, the Literary Diva Blog Talk Radio. This has been a fantastic conversation with the one and only author, Pastor John I. Klein. I thank him so much for this interesting conversation, and I thank you so much for listening in and tuning in. Thank you guys so much, and God bless you guys.